The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Happy Friday. Oh, no, sorry, it's Saturday for the Mailbaggers. Happy Friday for us, though. If you're listening on Saturday, hope you had a great Friday and happy Saturday to you. If you're watching live on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today, you get to vote in the poll. I'm Adam Azer with Dan Schneier, hashtag Dan on the can. I have three drafts going on right now, Dan, and I'm also still getting notifications for your FFT Open League because you have not removed me from the league. So consider that four drafts going on right now. How's the FFT Open going? It's going great. I had to get over the initial hurdle of you setting up my league, setting the draft timer wrong. People were not happy about it. They wanted four or five hours. You gave them three. They did not feel that was fair, so I had to fix that. And when you randomized the order, I got the first pick, which was just devastating to have to go through. You know, that oh, I'm running a league. I'm commission. Everyone now thinks I rigged the league. And I'm like, no, Adam set this up. And obviously, Adam would never give me the first pick out of his own volition. So this was obviously random. So I, I think I got that through and we're good to go. I've had some picks I like in that draft. Um, I started with McCaffrey at the 1-1, which is surprising. Most people would go Jefferson. I just couldn't get myself around to going receiver with the first pick there. And I was happy because typically in these drafts, when I've had our mock drafts go on the site, and I've had the first pick, I've either gone Jefferson or maybe Chase, or sometimes I go uh, McCaffrey. Um, I don't know why I said Taylor. I meant McCaffrey. And I don't really get good receivers to come back at him. But in this one, I actually had Waddle and Devontae Smith at the round two, three turn on the comeback, which I was happy about because it kind of made the decision to go running back first a little easier. That's great. And, you know, that's only a two receiver, two running back, one flex league. I set those up like that for a reason, because I think there are more of those types of leagues than the three receiver leagues or the two flex leagues. So I wanted the FFT open to be as representative of a normal league as possible. It's 12 teams, it's half PPR. I'm going to ask you, as you keep doing more drafts, mock drafts and real drafts, who are some of the players that you end up with a lot? But for those of you who are wondering, what is today's poll question? It is, who is the better athlete, Dan or Adam? And I got to tell you, the the, the viewers are wrong because you have no, 75 no, percent of the vote. Only 12 votes so far, but nine of them going to Dan. I'm better at math than Dan, too. I did that really quickly. Um, I, I really think I'm a better athlete than you. I would definitely challenge you to any type of decathlon, triathlon, whatever. And I'm super confident. I would I, I'm definitely faster than you. You can't get off the ground. Like neither of us can jump high, but I can jump higher than you. 
Um, okay, Thomas, are you listening to all this? Any feats of strength you would win. You're definitely Thomas, stronger. Are you a video guy too? Who's our video guy at CBS Sports? The guy who like, you know, like Barstool has the guys like hiring on video. I think we just got a great content let's idea. Let's do it. Let's run. Yep. So much in the videos. We start with pickup basketball where you get where you might be lucky to get a point. <laughs> then we go to tennis where you're probably getting 6-0, 6-0'd, most likely, even though that's your best sport. We can do run-on-run routes in football. I'll crush oh, yeah. You oh, no, you won't. No, I won't. No, you won't. I, you'll never Dad, get. You'll never get loose. You know, when I was going over the Jalen Hyatt scattering report, and I said one thing I am a little bit worried about is his strength on contact. You, oh my god, <laughs> we're running routes. I'm going to press jam you the whole time. You're never going to get off the press jam, and I'm just going to moss you when you <laughs> throw the ball in my vicinity. I will jump up and box out Adam every time. If we want to go to golf, which I picked up this summer, golf's not a sport. Sure I can beat you in that. Not a golf sport. is a sport. It takes <laughs> it requires a surprising amount of athleticism as I'm learning. Uh, there's really anything, literally anything, I will beat you. I'm not. I'm fully confident I can beat you in anything. I, I, I will. Hope. I will. I will race you. First of all, golf is a sport. I, I just joking around. We should raise money I, for. Saint I will Jude, race but, you in four, and I'll do a forty yard dash, whatever. I will race you. I will win, and I will beat you in pickup basketball. Okay, you're not gonna the racing thing. Doubtful, but maybe I don't run. Like I don't care about that, and that's not a sport to me. Decathlon racing. Like let's do something like there's an actual game and objective. So basketball is a good one. Okay, listen. I think you can win in that. We, we got to move on here. Nothing. We got to get to the show. But the question was, who is better? The question was not who is better at sports because you actually right. have time to play sports. I have to raise two kids. I don't have time for that anymore. The question is, who's a better athlete? I am a better yeah. raw no, athlete you're, than you. No, you're not a better <laughs> raw athlete than me, Adam. You can't jump as high as I can. You're not as strong as me. You you're can't jump. I have looked at you and I can size you up and I'm super I obviously can't, can't jump, jump, but you're definitely a worse jumper. You definitely right. have less explosion. The vert and broad, I would, I would slightly beat you on. Both are going to be under 30. For sure, thirty inch vert, but you're uh, in like let's teens. let's talk about players that we are drafting a lot. We have okay. your emails at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. We have your bad Apple podcast questions that are keeper questions, and we have your good Apple podcast questions that are not keeper questions. Um, we also have uh, the fantasy cops coming on a little bit later, and hopefully, time for YouTube. I have been drafting a lot of Travis Etienne and Ken Walk- Ken Walker. Uh, I have on, in mock drafts and real drafts. I have Etienne and Walker. I have been, I hadn't been drafting any Kyle Pitts. And then I said to myself, I really want to start drafting some Kyle Pitts. So if he's available in round six, it's an easy decision for me. Late round five, I would also consider it in a 12 team league for Kyle Pitts. And my backup plan has been not Kincaid by himself, but I am drafting a lot of Kincaid and then a second guy. Or it is maybe like it's Najoku and Kincaid or something like that. But I do want to see. What happens with him? Happy to cut Kincaid if I have to early in the season, but um, yeah, so those are my four guys that I've probably been drafting the most: Etn, Ken Walker, Pitts, and Kincaid. Uh, I can't really say I've been drafting Pitts the most. That's more of a recent thing, but I want to start doing that. How about you? I there's a few players that I've been drafting a lot of that I'm not as I'm coming off of some. So Deshaun Watson, somebody early in the process, I was drafting a lot of. I wanted a lot of exposure to that Browns offense and passing game specifically, Adam. But I've had a little bit of reservations lately, just reading some bad camp reports about Deshaun Watson, some bad joint practice reports. It would be so weird to me, Adam, if he just like randomly falls off as a as a quarterback. It just doesn't make sense. But obviously, the tape from 2022 was really, really bad. Like, you can go back and watch it. We discussed it on Beyond the Box score more than a few times. And it was tough tape to watch. It was bottom five quarterback in the NFL tape. But it's just weird because it wasn't the case when he was in Houston. I'm still hopeful 
that another year in the system, a full offseason will help. But I'm not as hopeful that it'll happen right away in the season, Adam. I think it might be something that happens down the line. So I have been drafting a lot of him. That's one I might come off of. And moving on from quarterback, I'm looking at running back here. And one player I've been drafting a lot of at running back for sure has been Alvin Kamara. To me, I think the discount doesn't really add up. You're going to lose three games from him. And that's it. And then he's going to be right back to what he was, which is one of the only running backs who's getting a good target share. One of the only running backs very involved in the passing game to the point where the A dot is above a level that can actually score you points on a weekly basis. I, in my opinion, you're getting him at crazy discount. It's a, it's as if he's like injured or something. It, it's kind of surprising to me where he's falling. So I've been drafting a lot of him. Madison, I drafted a ton of early in the process, and I feel good about that now that they didn't sign anyone there, Adam. James Cook is a player you know I've loved, so I've been drafting a lot of him. Uh, I'm trying to wrap this up a little and go a little faster. Let's throw a receiver into the mix, though, that I've been drafting a lot of. Brandon Ayuk, a player who I think is probably top 10 in the NFL, independent of fantasy football, so I just like trying to get the breakout actual NFL players and assuming that the fantasy production will carry over. It's worked in the past with some players that I've targeted, uh, specifically Tyler Lockett and Allen Robinson way back in the day. Um, another player who we've talked about, Adam, a lot, who I've drafted is Gabe Davis. Um, yeah, I just yeah, think yeah. there's a nice discount there. And then tight end, same as you. I get a lot of Kincaid because I don't really buy into the argument that look at history. A rookie tight end's never been successful in fantasy because in my mind, there haven't been a lot of Dalton Gades who entered the NFL. And there also haven't been a lot of Luke Musgraves either. Another tight end I end up with once I punt tight end and don't uh, spend early on. And this year, to me, Adam, more so than ever, there's more intriguing late round tight end flyers than there's been ever throughout, throughout <laughs> my time doing this. I've heard that. I've heard, heard that a lot. You've heard that a lot, right? But we not always think move that. like Luke Musgrave and Dalton Kincaid, in my opinion. Right, it's just like, I mean, there's such a I know, horrible it track record. We hear it every year. Rookie tight ends. Well, no, yep. it's the rookie tight end thing. You know, I don't think Dalton Kincaid should be the only tight end you draft because they just struggle. Kincaid's older than most rookies, and I think that actually could benefit him. Maybe more physically, you know, up to par with NFL tight ends. It's definitely a learning curve for them at that position, and I don't think he's going to be blocking that much. So, no. um, all right, uh, draft a thon. Four to four to ten p.m. A six-hour live show on Wednesday, August thirtieth. Be there for it. Join us. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, there is a donate button uh, toward the bottom at the bottom of the chat. We've got two hundred and twenty-five bucks raised so far. We got twelve days left to get up to five thousand dollars. I donated on the air the other night. All right, I'll keep doing it. But everybody, please hit that donate button. Also, go to tinyurl.com/slash/fftdonate, and you can. Um, see all the great things that you can purchase, including a spot in our Leftovers Podcast League. Uh, by the way, if you're going to bid on that, please check the description there because it tells you when the draft is. Uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you that now. And two quick things, Adam. Why don't you tell people about our best ball offering? Yep, I've already done that like a bunch. but um, okay. One more can't hurt. The draft for this league is on 8 p.m. on Tuesday, September 5th. So that's yeah. our 10-team Superflex half PPR league with me and Heath in that one. It's only $242 right now, so you got another week almost to, another six days to bid on it. And all the proceeds go to St. Jude. Everything to St. Jude, absolutely. Um, I, I talked about the uh, FFT championship in the, um, the best ball and the managed leagues. Go to our Facebook page to learn more about it. And again, we're trying to raise money for St. Jude there. How about a quick update on the poll, too? I don't understand why people think I'm such a bad athlete. It's still seventy-five percent. Man, I don't understand. I what? What about me? Looks at? like I'm a bad athlete. What's the percentage at? Seventy. 
Two percent for Dave. Wow, you're getting walloped on this poll. People are allowed to be wrong. I just don't get it. Like, cause I'm skinny. Okay, you're skinny. Like I, I can scoot. Or I can scoot. You're. I'm taller than you. You actually weirdly are taller than me, which I didn't expect when I met you. But it's like a lengthy. It's like not a good lengthy. You know, it's like a very. You don't have any muscle definition whatsoever anywhere on your upper body. Hundred percent true, or or lower body injuries. News and notes. Jonathan Taylor left camp for personal reasons. That was a few days ago. Devontae Adams is back at practice, but reportedly uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has had a hard time connecting down the field with Devontae Adams. Mm. And Garoppolo says it's a timing issue. You know, they haven't been on the field that much together. They're working through it. That's, I mean, that's... Can I call it an arm talent issue? I mean, look, if if it weren't Garoppolo, I think you could accept that excuse. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so Dan mentioned the thing about the Cleveland passing game. We talked about that on the live draft, uh, the mock draft episode Friday. Sam Howell has been named the commander's starting quarterback. Would you rather have Sam Howell or Kenny Pickett? Sam Howell. Okay. Actually, uh, Kenny Pickett, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't dip it. If I dip into that tier, it's gonna be a couple other guys. Miami left tackle Teron Armstead hurt his leg. I, this is not something that's gonna get a lot of talk, I think, in fantasy circles, but it probably should. should. Yeah. So I gave the splits last year with Armstead on the field and off the field for Tua. With him on the field, Tua averaged 8.9 yards per attempt. With him off the field, 8.6 yards per attempt. But with him on the field, he completed about he had a, about a 9% higher completion rate. His touchdown rate was 2% higher. His interception rate was almost 3% lower. And his sack rate with Armstead on the field was 3.5%. 3.5% of his dropbacks ended in sacks compared to 15.4% with Armstead off the field. The pressure rate for Tua, 24.5% with Armstead on the field, 35.3% with him off the field, and the negative play rate was three and a half times as high. 6.3% negative play rate with Armstead on the field, 21.6% with Armstead off the field. And the caveat to that, I mean, the, the note on that is that Armstead mostly missed the 49ers game. So that's the best pass rush in football, arguably, or like top three. And that skews it a bit. He also missed some of the Texans game just before that. And the Texans actually had a surprisingly good pass rush. But this guy has never played a full season. He's a premier left tackle. And he could be back for week one. So it's a good time to get hurt. He's not guaranteed to be back for week one at the Chargers. But I think that Teron Armstead has a pretty big impact on Tua's value because the rest of that line might absolutely stink, Dan. So this is a this is actually a pretty important player for fantasy. Yeah, you nailed it, Adam. When he's on the field, he's still a premier left tackle. Great draft pick by the Saints back in the day. Hyper-athletic. The biggest reason I think you're right about this, Adam, is just looking around the NFL, offensive tackle is that position. And by that position, I mean the position where the drop-off from the starter to the reserve is so steep. There are just so few capable pl- people in the world who can play offensive tackle. Watch any preseason game. A lot of Giants fans talk to me about the last preseason game. They're like, I couldn't even watch the second half. The offensive tackle play was so bad. I'm like, yes. And they're like, can we find one on the waiver wire at the end of cuts? No. The answer is always no. No team is cutting a capable left tackle. Some can, some you'll find on the waiver wire who can run block, but pass block, it's impossible to find. So I think that if he is actually out for a while, it will negatively impact 
this offense in a great way. I think the greatest example was Justin Herbert 2022 versus Justin Herbert 2021 without Rashawn Slater at left tackle in 2022 with Slater and 2021. The deep passing game was non-existent. People blame it on Joe Lombardi, the OC, but the, the real reason is they didn't have a left tackle to hold up there. And so I just think if it's a long-term thing, it's an issue, but it feels like it's not. Tyreek Hill kind of mentioned it wasn't. Uh, you know, Armstead himself kind of said, I'll be fine. I'm just old, <laughs> whatever that means. So Yeah, no, right. Like it probably isn't. But he is a really important piece of the Dolphins' passing game, their left tackle, and he's hurt a lot. So it's kind of like Teron yep. Smith almost, where, you know, he doesn't play yep. left tackle anywhere, but you can't, you couldn't rely on him to stay healthy. Uh, Ken Walker's practicing in full. Joe Mixon was found not guilty of aggravated menacing. He still has a civil case to deal with for a separate incident. Jamison Williams is likely out for the rest of the preseason with a hamstring injury, and he's also suspended for the first six games of the season, and Detroit has a week nine bye. So that means you're getting two games out of Jamal, uh, out of uh, Jamison Williams in the first nine, ten, uh, first nine weeks of the season, and I doubt you're going to be comfortable starting him the first game he's back. So, I mean, this is really a second half of the season, and then, like, we're talking if. maybe week 10 before you even feel comfortable starting Jamison Williams, maybe. If that, I mean, it's right. going to be tough. And then the, the playoffs are there. The fantasy playoffs are there, you know? I like talking about a drum beat in fantasy. Like sometimes it's a steady drum beat in the positive direction or in the negative direction. This one's certainly in a negative direction, right? Adam, he's playing extensively oh, yeah. into the preseason, not creating separation against giant six round pick Trey Hawkins and Deontay Banks, like dropping passes, bad attitude, apparently in camp, just everything that could go wrong for him has gone wrong so far. He's not someone I'm investing a final round pick on. Uh, Atlanta left guard Matt Hennessy's out for the season with a knee injury. That's bad. Um, ten, does it does it impact uh, Bijan Robinson? It shouldn't, as long as Matthew Bergeron can play right away for them. Their rookie that they took in the second round to play guard because they already have Lindstrom at right guard. But if he's having issues as a rookie or anything like that, it's going to be an issue. All right, uh, I'll just get to the important stuff here. Miles Sanders has been out for a while with a groin injury, I believe. Yep. He's close to returning to practice. Monroe St. Brown's day-to-day with a leg injury. Um, Russell Gage, Tampa Bay receiver, he's out for the year. Kendry Miller's back at practice for the Saints. Um, John Mashota of The Athletic thinks that running back Malik Davis may not make the Cowboys' 53-man roster. So we still have to see how the handcuff situation shakes out there. There may not be a good one. What? Could be Deuce time. Do you have any interest in Deuce? Because I'm starting to get really interested in Deuce Vaughn. He's so small that I wonder... If if Pollard gets hurt or misses time, does he really get fifteen no. touches? You know? No, 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 no. There's think- no path toward that. But I think there is a path toward him cutting into maybe thirty percent um, of Pollard's touches in general. Like I think Deuce Vaughn is somebody who can be impactful and effective at the NFL level, and part of it is because he's so small. I think that helps him. In the, <laughs> it's not. No, it's not like a, no, it. No, it sounds. I'm not laughing at that. I, Thomas pointing out, this is Dan talking about Deuce on the can. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Deuce. <laughs> no, I think you're right. Deuce. Look, they intend to have another guy. They don't intend to have Tony Pollard be in every down, every touch running back. He's not going to be Saquon Barkley. He's not going to be uh, Eckler. He's not going to, you know, he's going to split a little bit. So, yeah, Vaughn is is definitely interesting in that regard. Let's take a break. When we come back, we've got emails at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com at and a lot more here on Fantasy Football Today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing 
To grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash cbssports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash cbssports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. In my mind, I just hit a three-pointer. Call it a two. I'm up six to two with the ball. Check uh, to Schneier. Um, emails. First one's from Nick. This guy's not scoring on me. I'm not scoring. Adam, do you, you understand that, like, when we actually, if we actually ever played this, and we should video this because this would get incredible numbers content-wise, probably better than anything we do. <laughs> if we ever did this, I would treat you like I used to play my little brother when we would play pickup basketball from like ages me 15 through 18 and him like 12, 14. Just a constant back you up, back you up, back you up, back you up. I'll go, around, I'll pull the chair. You up, I will pull up, the chair. You'll be on your, pull the chair. you'll be on Fine, your I'll ass. Flip it right up. <laughs> like, right. You're not going to be able to hold up from a strength standpoint in this game. I disagree. You, un- you underestimate me. Um, all right, this is from Nick. Last year on Beyond the Box Score, Jacob Gibbs talked about how Josh Jacobs was a top five running back in evaded tackle percentage, I think. That episode convinced me to draft him in my dynasty league while everyone else let him fall, leading me nice. to a 16-0 and undefeated season. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he wants to know Shout if, there, out Jacob Gibbs. if there are any other running backs that are good at, at avoiding tackles. Yeah. Or, avoid know, a tackle breaking. rate. Um, let's see if I can get this up while you, can you, I actually have true open now, Adam, if you can um, maybe uh, talk over this, but well, I know I'll, one player who I'll talk about, is it, is it really that important? Because yes. I don't, I don't really think it is. First of all, okay. it's subjective. It's, I mean, who is really calculating this? You know, someone has to make a decision about what, really counts as a broken tackle or an avoided tackle. And I think it's fooey personally. There are a lot of really good running backs that are going to show up on like the, the avoid rate list. And there are some pretty lousy ones. So I just don't really care, but I'm glad I worked for Josh Jacobs. Uh, it's also been said many times about David Montgomery and he can't really do much with that. So uh, that's my take on it, but go ahead, Dan. 
I have a different take on it. Um, first of all, I think you have this take on David Montgomery that I'm not sure is right. Like you always say he hasn't done anything. Montgomery's been pretty successful in fantasy. Two years ago, he was like a league winner down the stretch. Do you remember that? Yeah, stretch? Be- yes, because yes, he's gotten a ton of a ton of volume, but he's never been a great rusher. So, you know, I, don't know if I agree with that. I, yeah, I know I he's never been a great like long rusher that yeah. I agree with. He doesn't have long speed. But for, as far as like the 10 to 15 yard range, I don't have the stats in front of me. I should look this up before saying it, Adam. But I feel like he's done a good job of, of 10 to 15 type runs throughout his career of just turning things into positives. I don't know. For me, Adam, the two things I look at that I think project best at finding talent at the running back position are force miss tackle rate and yards after contact per attempt. Those have always been the keys for me. Um, and so I do look into it. Some player who you'd be surprised to see up on a force miss tackle list way at the top is Alexander Madison from exactly. 2022. Well, That's I guess you're saying that it's telling your point, but well, he's got such a small sample size that I don't really okay. make too much of it anyway. Cause he didn't get, he didn't really get a lot of work in 2022, but right. Yeah. I mean, look, Damian Pierce is there's Nick force. Miss, all right. What, what, who, who's the best like, this is what I'm talking about. Okay, the, for you, what you're looking at, force miss tackle rate. Where are you looking at this? Um, this is actually on a uh, fantasy points data. Okay, right. So you're looking at, has Alexander Madison super high? I guess I have to change my threshold. How many carries did he have last year? Yeah, you can set the filter to what you want to do and, and find it. Um, but what what's the, what are you already trying to say? Well, it's, no, it's a, I'm wrong. I was going to say Madison's not showing up on my list, but that's because I had 100 carries as the minimum. Okay. Yeah, Madison, Damian Pierce, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne did a great job in that area. So did Bam oh. Knight. Bam Knight had, had the highest avoid tackle rate. Yes. But that was on 85 carries. Zach Moss was seventh. Jalen Warren was ninth. You know, Aaron Jones is up there. But the, I guess the names, if you want to know, for this year... The mid-round picks that excelled in this last year, Alexander Madison and Damian Pierce are your guys. Is there anyone else? Khalil, you Herbert, Khalil Herbert as well. Okay. And Montgomery was also... Montgomery is yeah, good at that. Montgomery's always on the list. Right. I guess it's just my point is like, does it really matter if you don't have the breakaway ability? I care much more about explosiveness than, than this. And that's a fair comment by you in the sense of like, what are we looking for to score fantasy points? We know that targets and receptions are worth three times as much as carries, right? We know that red zone carries are worth a lot more than carries between 20. So if Adam's saying like this running back can break off three to five, 10 to 15 yard runs a game, but what is it actually getting you? Six fantasy points, four or five, six fantasy points. Maybe it's not as worth as worth it as we're making it seem. But with Jacobs in that case, obviously things fell into place outside of just the force miss tackle, right? He was getting a ton of red zone touches. He was getting more targets and more involved in the passing game than ever before. So, right. and Jacobs also had the long speed. He had a couple breakaway runs. Uh, yeah, he's including that walk off against the Seahawks. Yep. All right, let's go to James in D.C. On your running back breakouts episode, you discussed where each of each one of you would take Bijan in the first round. Some of you as high as top three. My question is this: Can you please discuss the number of rookie running backs that have finished in the top twelve or better at the position, and have any of them finished top three? Oh yeah, baby, there are a lot of running backs just in the last seven or eight years: Zeke, Barkley, Kamara. Kareem Hunt come to mind as top five, if not yes. top three. And for Barkley, it was like, I think top he tied two. with McCaffrey for number one or two. Yep. Um, so you've had them. Najee Harris was top 12. Excuse me. Bless you. Did not have time to hit the mute button there. Sorry. 
Hmm. Najee Harris was top 12. I've got a f- more full list, Dan. But I, don't, I think rookie running backs is not something we should fear. I agree with you. And there is a more full list. And if you even narrow it down filter-wise to the top to the rookie running backs who were selected in the top 10, the numbers get even stronger. Those running backs, the ones who were used crazy draft capital on, really stood out. Um, and I think Leonard Fournette's in the mix there. Uh-huh. The only yeah. one who you know, he, he missed it. No, no, you're right. Fournette, yeah. no, Fournette wasn't amazing, but he he got so much work because right. they drafted him so early. Right. That, right. You know. Exactly. Um, really, I think the so the only so there you should feel confident about. It. I am a little worried about I loved Bijan coming into draft season, Adam, but I do think we're kind of minim not minimizing. I think we're kind of getting rid of any of the upside and drafting him fully at cost by pushing him into the top three at this point. But what are you because, supposed to do? Like I mean, isn't that the case for anyone who's being drafted at the top three? You're not going to get them in the second players round. Players who are being drafted in the top three, like Eckler and McCaffrey, for example, are on really good offenses. Bijan's not on a really good offense. And also, a lot of these guys, Eckler, for example, McCaffrey, not a good example of this, but Eckler, for example, or Barkley, if you want to throw him into it, even though he's not on a good offense per se, are also not they have no risk of like splitting carries or losing work. Like there is a real weird risk of Algier playing more than people think because Arthur Smith is Arthur Smith and Arthur Smith likes Algier. And he even said at one point this off season, like what Derrick Henry did for me that one year, the year they gave him like whatever it was 400 touches. He's like, that was amazing. That was insane. I can't believe anyone did that, but I'll never really do that again. Do you remember that quote he had where he's like, I don't really want to put right. somebody to do that again, but that's and- so many touches. Yeah, and, and, and Bijan's gonna have more catches than Henry did. I would say for that's sure. The other thing, will Bijan actually have more catches with Desmond Ritter back there? I'm not so sure. It's Desmond Ritter, and it's like, yes, if you design him, yes, he will. But it's also Desmond Ritter who's gonna run a lot of those in a lot of those spots. All right, Dan. Let me give the since 2015. Here are all the running backs that finished top ten overall, and many of them per game as well as rookies. Todd Gurley, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, Jordan Howard, Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette. In PPR only, Christian McCaffrey. Saquon Barkley, not Philip Lindsay. He, Lindsay, he just missed the cut. Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson, Najee Harris, and that is it. But last year, Ken Walker and Travis Etienne did not finish that high, but they... Oh, Etienne wasn't a rookie, Sorry. Right. Uh, Ken Walker did not finish in the top 10, but he certainly was after the Rashad Penny injury. All right, um, let's go to our next question here. It is from Maximilian in Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming, Minnesota, that's a place. Wow. He says, Dear Jerry, Bobby, Mickey, Billy, and Ron. Jerry, Bobby, Mickey, Billy, and Ron. Ah. I mean, I feel like that's got like a Yankees vibe to it. See, this is the problem with this game. Oh, I Grateful Dead. It's the Grateful Dead, bro. You should have known that. Oh, shoot. I should have known that. Yeah. All right. Wow. The question is, let's get some auction. So just talk. so the listeners know, if you're not watching, like Adam Googled that. It's not like Adam just yeah. came up with yeah. the that This is how he beats me in this game every time. No, just I wasn't Googled. claiming victory there. It's not Anyone like basketball. Google anything. And let's get one more uh, call back to the poll. Let's see where we're at there percentage-wise. This is a poll of who's a better athlete, Dan or Adam. Oh, it's getting closer. Oh, shit. That's terrible. You're like, you're, you're cheating. You're rigging the vote. Did you just curse? Do I have to edit that out? No, I said, what did you think I said? Sounded like you said what you're doing right now. The S word. No, no. I said it's getting closer. I I thought before that. All right. Maximilian wants us to talk about auctions. So I'm giving you 30 seconds to talk about auctions. 
So we do this every week on the mailbag, by the way. But I love auction drafts. And I mean, I'll start by saying good job playing auction. Now let me talk about some things I've been learned. I've some things I've seen recently in auctions that were interesting to me. Um, first of all, there appears to be a range of wide receiver right now in auction. And I'll tell you where it starts. For me, it's my tier 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, I'm losing time fast here. It's my tier four. And that range is like Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen. Christian Watson, where at that point, people have spent so much money so fast before they get to this, that all these guys are dropping into really good value ranges. And I've toyed with the idea of buying two or three of those and just having that be my wide receiver core while spending on other positions with one big receiver in tier one. So just keep an eye on that tier of receivers that's going cheap right now. Um, also, the rookies are all going really weirdly cheap in auctions. Um, that that would be, you know, uh, JSN, Jordan Addison, Quinton Johnston, they're all going in the in the single digits in auctions right now, and I think they're all good buys at that at that price. I don't like spending too much early, and I don't like spending too much late. I love to crush it when they're about you know picks like sixty to one hundred or even more. Uh, so many great values. The kind of the guys that Dan was just talking about, the Christian Watsons of the world. You can be like, oh wow, I can't believe he went for that. The even like a Justin Herbert maybe or something like that. Yeah. So, all right, thank you for your question. Mark has a question about deep leagues. He's in a 16-team league. What's your strategy in leagues that are this deep? Do you take the best player available? Do you maybe lean more on position scarcity? Um, you know, what do you... I don't know. I don't play in 16-team leagues. Okay. Do you? I have, like, a couple bigger leagues that are guillotine leagues. Um, yeah. So, it's sort of like a 16-team league, 19-team, but people get eliminated. One of my things in this... I actually prioritize quarterback more in these deeper, these, these bigger leagues. Cause I think they make much a bigger difference and the drop off between your quarterback and say the person who's streaming the 16. And also in these leagues, everyone, every backup gets drafted. So you bait your, if you miss at quarterback, like if you, let's say take Russell Wilson as your QB one, he just completely busts and as bad as he was last year, you better have hoped you like went back to back at quarterback and have another swing at it. So I don't even want to get myself in that position. I want to take one of the top seven quarterbacks. Um, I actually view it differently than most. Most people think there's a top eight. I think there's a top seven. I don't include Trevor Lawrence in my top seven. Um, he's the one who falls out, but I like to get one of those. That's probably my biggest strategy thing. And at tight end, I think Kelsey's even a bigger, even bigger advantage in this type of format. Andrews as well. Um, otherwise I'm punting at that position and waiting late. Um, and yeah, I think, in generally speaking, the onesie positions have more value in these bigger leagues. Uh, this is from Gary from the PNW. I tried Bake Burgers. Northwest, and baby. What? That's the Pacific Northwest, baby. Yeah, okay, great. Greatest uh, area of the country, the West. It's so nice out there. I was just having this conversation with somebody. Well, he has a great point here. He says, I just tried baked burgers, and I must say they are better than grilled or stovetop for two reasons. Come on, dude. I lose the juice on the grill because it falls through the grate, and the stovetop makes a freaking mess. By the way, baking works great for bacon, too. On to my question. Uh, I play in a 14-team, one-quarterback league, two flex, and a four-person bench. Question after that. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even let you respond to the burger thing. Um, four person bench, a 14 team league with one quarterback. How important is it to have a QB two on your bench? I don't think it's don't that think important. So at all. Yeah. If a 14 less bench, important. less yeah. important, the shorter the bench, that means more quarterbacks on the waiver wire. Right. Yeah. Not that important. Jeff from Ottawa, dear chili bandit, bingo and bluey. Those are like kids shows. So they're all part of the same kids show. And the name of the show is one bluey. of those four characters. 
Yeah, Bluey. Bluey, yeah. Good for you. I've seen that before. Why? Um, I have friends who have kids, and I've been over, and they've been watching that show. Okay. By the way, Dan never addressed when he's planning on getting married. But that was this is unbelievable week. that he brought this back up again. I already have one Jewish mother. I don't need two. <laughs> you, you, you might, you know? You need someone. She's obviously not doing her job. Uh, she's pushing hard. What'd you say? I said, oh, she's pushing hard. Okay, good, good. Grade the trade. Give up James Conner and Sky Moore. Get Devontae Smith and the 49ers DST. Give up James Conner, Sky Moore. Get, oh, love this trade. Hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah. By the way, get, am I going to see your, your family at the Giants game tonight? Uh, no, I'm not going to be at the Giants game tonight. It didn't work out. I bet your family could. I know you guys have tickets. Oh, you may have. If you want to meet up with like, my, some people in my family, go ahead, Adam. <laughs> I'll give you their numbers. You can go to the tailgate. <laughs> show up. That sounds good. They know you, though. They know you. My right. mom my mom loves it, this show, and sure. you specifically. Uh, this is from David. You guys don't talk too much about stacking, whether it's a good strategy. I've always been very agnostic about it. Points are points, and stacking adds risk, but also some upside if you get it right. What are your thoughts on stacking? My thoughts on stacking are this. If you're in best ball tournaments, large field tournaments specifically, it is a good strategy, and then it becomes an actual strategy. In redraft, I don't think it's more strategy. I think it's more just fun. It's fun to stack, but I don't find it to be strategy. I think the strategy side of it in redraft is overrated, but I still have fun and I'd like to find a stack. Adam got that <laughs> nagging mother energy. <laughs> and then we got a comment. There's a nice girl at the gym, Daniel. Introduce yourself, sweetie. <laughs> All right, last email here. Jeff in South Jersey. Hey, Mikey, Sugar, Donna, and Carmi. Uh, come oh, on, that's bro. that's that's the 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 bear. Character. That's the bear. Yeah. Dang, look at me. I've hit two today. Did you finish? I'm, I'm midway pop. through season two. You're midway through season two. Okay, so you haven't got the spoons yet, or no forks? What is it called? Spoons or forks? One. I don't think I've gotten a forks. That's the oh, that's the one season. hour long episode. No, the one hour long is the Christmas one, which most people think is the best. I actually think the I think it's either spoons You're or gonna forks. You're going to spoil something for me. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to tell you who it. It's my favorite character in the show's single episode. But oh, okay. Was well, that's not the one in in uh, Copenhagen? Is it? No. Okay. All right. Let's uh, read this question. Twelve team PPR keeper league. I don't have a lot of picks this year. If I'm lucky, I can get Anthony Richardson or Tua at eight point four. If not, I'm waiting until at least round eleven for a quarterback. How would you approach this? Maybe Goff, Jones, or Geno. But what if guys like Russ or Carr or Kyler are there? I think if you can get Jones to me is a clear tier above all those guys you mentioned. The only thing holding back Jones this year is the schedule. But other than that, he's actually has QB one upside due to the rushing. You don't think Gino does? Not the same upside nearly. I mean, Jones is a 700 yard rusher last year with seven rushing TDs and the Giants have no fear of rushing him in the red zone. Gino is not going to put up those kind of red zone rushing numbers to to increase the floor, but he is obviously a better passer at this stage. Um, I could put Gino in it though. I'm fine with that. But yeah, I would personally, I would, I would just wait. And if I go Richardson, I wrote an article about this on the site, actually, Adam, um, two days ago, if I'm going Richardson, I'm taking a quarterback within the next two or three rounds, one or two or three rounds immediately, because yes, I like Richardson's ceiling, but the floor is massive. In my opinion, even with the rushing factored in, I think the floor still could be pretty low there potentially if things go wrong as a passer and just keeping the offense on track, avoiding puns, that type of stuff. So 
I would pair him up, but it's like, who do you pair him up with? I would actually go upside, upside there. I would take two swings at it. instead of going with like a boring type cousins, golf style. I would go with a rusher, like a Daniel Jones. Um, a couple guys I like late. If you're really, really waiting, Jordan love, I think has had a much better camp than people think. And it's not getting credit for it yet. And yeah, so either you wait or you, or you take one of those guys. Okay. Yeah, I, I I like Gino better than Jones. I like both of them better than Golf. Oh, really? I do, especially in a six-point-per-passing touchdown league. I think in a four-point-per-passing touchdown league, it's fine to go with Jones. Um, and I do think Tua at 8.04, you know, I think either strategy is fine. Like, Tua, to me, is clearly ahead of that group. But you've got good fallbacks. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got the Fantasy Cops on Fantasy Cops Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Oh, yeah, baby. Here we go. We got a Fantasy Cops question. Send your emails to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com and put Fantasy Cops in the subject line, and we'll settle some league disputes. This one's from Brian. Our commissioner reactivated the league on August 8th this year. Then, after four days of debate on the message boards... Sunday, August 20th at 2 p.m. was chosen for the draft. This is forcing at least two of us to miss work or auto-draft. When we pressed the commissioner about his duty of gathering the troops in a timely fashion and not drafting two and a half weeks before the season starts, he blamed us for not, quote, broaching the subject earlier, end quote. How would you all deal with this tyrant who obviously has no regard for people's busy schedules? Remove him. Find a new commission. Sounds like other people are interested in this job. It's a tireless job. It's a thankless job. I've been commissioned of my home league for 17 years. Everyone hates me. Every decision is a tough one to make. <laughs> I mean, can't get anything through without a vote. And then it's a, an argument plus a vote. So get somebody else in there who's, who's more willing to be flexible and work around the people's schedules for the draft. I mean, our draft, our home league draft is drafting this Saturday and we have two call-ins and that's sometimes is how it has to be too. allow for call-ins. But you know, if people are actually working and can't make the draft, that's when you really have to reconsider the time of the draft, the day that the draft, right. like, it shouldn't be, if it's not on a weekend or if people are working on weekends as part of their jobs, you get, you have to figure something out like a weeknight after work, something like that. I get the sense. I'd really like to hear from the commissioner on this because they did debate it on the message boards so I feel like the commissioner would probably say, 
look, we talked about it and this and this and this, and the only time where even 10 people could gather was this day. I wouldn't I be cut su- you off, Adam, because I, not to not to cut you off and, and, and get in your way here, but look, as a commissioner, part of your job is to like organize a doodle so people can actually fill out when they can make it, not just put it out on the message board and be like, ah, some people said this, some people said that, unorganized and really un- assert- uncertain of when people can do it. Put a doodle out there. Get the actual dates that everyone can do, and you'll find one that works for everyone. That's the easiest way to do this. Are thing. you... Okay. Do you think the commissioner's job is to set the draft time, the date and time? Yes. Do you think it's his job to randomize the draft order or set the draft yes. order? So, okay. Well, you had me do both of those for you in the FFT open. <laughs> 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 All right. Thank you very much for your email, Brian. And that was the only uh, fantasy cops question we had. So I guess everybody has a nice harmonious league out there and that's wonderful time for some good apple podcast questions non-keeper questions this is from oh crow 2186 looking back at recent veteran running back signings for the jets thomas jones ladanian tomlinson chris johnson matt forte Le'Veon bell frank gore now dalvin cook most of them weren't very good were they what type of fantasy outlook could we see this season for cook I don't think it's we've gotten your thoughts on it, Dan. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm I'm very uncertain how I want to approach this Jets running back situation for a multitude of reasons. Let's start with Dalvin Cook, the subject of the question. He was actually somewhat efficient last season when the Vikings ran plays that fit his skill set. When they ran a lot of zone that and and kind of went away from what he'd done so well under Kubiak and that system. It kind of got away from him at times. He was inefficient, but he's joining a jet system that perfectly fits his skill set as a runner. And that to me intrigues me because I don't think a lot has been, he's lost a lot. But on the flip side of that, Adam, I'm starting to feel like Brees Hall might be one of the best values in fantasy as I see him fall time after time in our mocks now to round five, where I'm taking him every time I see him in round five. Who else has the kind of upside Brees Hall offers in round five? Literally no one on the yeah. board has a side that's why i keep taking ken walker in round five and it's the same argument there and i like that one too but to me Brees hall is a much better runner than and prospect than ken walker is by a yeah. considerable mark. yeah but but that. that's Brees hall not coming off a torn acl so that's that's the thing i i completely agree with you if we were talking about Brees hall coming back from ankle surgery but we right. see it time and time again where guys just aren't the same the first year back right. and we had robert turbin on uh, over the summer, if anybody remembers, he tore his ACL in college, and he said what everybody says: the first year you're not the same. So wow. I don't know, I don't know if he has that upside. Maybe he does, but not until late in the year. That's I mean, fair. look, he's still feeling some pain. He's still not, you know, he's still not feeling great with his cuts or whatever he said. So that's why, like, I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree. But at the same time, it's just, it's, I'm not expecting it to be the same Brees Hall. I think that's probably fair, Adam. Even Barkley has mentioned Saquon Barkley didn't have a great season. Oh, off the horrible. Men- yeah, and mentioned that like the biggest thing is actually the mental hurdle to get over, and that's what takes a year. Just that, and what you were talking about, Bryce, uh, Brees Hall being a little uncertain of the cuts he's making. So maybe I am overrating the upside just a, just a bit there. But on the flip side, if that's the case and Brees Hall is not performing at that level, maybe that gives even more upside to somebody like Dalvin Cook, who, again, I don't think has lost that much as people think he has. I think the tape was pretty good in certain spots, and I think this blocking scheme perfectly fits his skill set as a runner. All right. Would you take Dalvin Cook or A.J. Dillon? Dalvin, I think, but I like both both backs. Would you take Dalvin Cook or DeAndre Swift? Dalvin. 
Would you take Brees? I'm, I'm kind of out on Swift right now. I'm in a weird spot with Swift. Go ahead. Who's I'm, I'm kind of in on Swift. Would you okay. take Brees Hall or not to say I'm right, Dan? Uh, Brees Hall or um, Ken Walker? I would take Brees Hall, but I think I need to reevaluate that and think more about what you just went over because it is true. Yeah. AC, you don't want to invest in these guys off the ACL. And that is more of a reason, like another guy I've been targeting a lot and getting a lot at cheap prices. I got him $5 in an auction two weeks ago. Javante Williams, but he's another guy coming off a me- even worse than an ACL. It's like an ACL and an MCL. Yeah. So I don't know. Right. Uh, yeah. I Look, I mean, it's not like Walker doesn't have his own concerns. There are yeah. huge concerns with Walker. I don't want to make it sound like he's a safe pick, but I do think he has a big upside. This is Jacob from the real Sunshine State, Arizona. I'm sure as a Floridian, I know I live in New York now, but I'll always be a Floridian. I'm sure Arizona has some like dumb nickname. It's what it's the the Grand Canyon State. Okay, very clever. You don't get to call it the Sunshine State, bro. That's taken, Jacob. Have you seen the show after the after party? No, it's a pretty fun show on on I think Apple TV. Um, and one of the jokes that somebody made in it is that he called he's from Arizona. He's like, yeah, it's the Florida of the West. And I thought that was so funny. <laughs> so true. Funny. I've been to both states. I also think. It's clear cut that Arizona is a more is a better place to live than Florida. Clear cut. You know nothing about Florida. I know enough. I've been to Florida a good amount. I have a good friend who lives down there. You know, I went down there as a kid as well. There's no mountains around like Arizona. You have to drive 25 minutes to get anywhere in Florida. Just Not both you, things I don't uh, like. I mean, like I just I can't argue with you about the mountains. <laughs> but yeah. The 25 minutes thing. I don't. know. Oh, it's kind of true, actually. How long does it take you to drive around uh, New Jersey? Everything is white within two minutes. You can get to anything. I, I could say the same thing about I mean, Florida. I, I live. No, in, you can. Yeah, I just drive like twenty minutes to get to a public. Oh, that's right. You. That's right. You spent almost live, all of the first thirty. Also, not to mention in Florida, every restaurant is a chain. Literally, every restaurant in Florida is a chain, which is the worst part about Florida. Also, not Maybe. true. Yeah, what are you? So many chains out there. You've never been to Florida. I. You've I, never been to Florida. Florida has better. Florida has better Italian food than New Jersey. That's it's, it's a disastrous <laughs> comment. A disastrous comment. That should get you flamed in the comments. All right, let's get to Jacob's question here. Um, let's see. Uh, I went zero RB. I have Chase and Waddle and Mahomes. And then I took T. Higgins because the value is too good. How do you feel about having Chase and Higgins? Um, you know, but not being able to pass up on that value. P.S. Adam, if I miss my anniversary for a fantasy football draft, I wouldn't have to worry about missing another one because I wouldn't be married anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I mean, that's what I thought was going to be the take from most people, but I guess, uh, what? How? I don't know how that poll ended up, but I figured that would be He got the kicked take. out of the league, by the way. He did? No, the guy, the guy, the anniversary oh one. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's wow. out of the league. Couldn't make the draft, and he didn't. Honestly, he might be able to use that as a little bit of a leverage chip with his wife moving (laughs) forward, right? I feel like that is a nice little play for him. But as far as the question goes, I don't mind stacking those concentrated passing games like the Eagles and the Bengals because they are concentrated passing games, and I can't really foresee too much of that target volume that went to Higgins and, and Chase when they were on the field last year healthy going in another direction. Some people say Irv Smith, maybe I doubt he's going to get too much more of a target share than her. Scott Tyler board's been there for a while. I don't see that changing. I like Charlie Jones later in his career, maybe next year or as a surprise if people get injured, but no, I don't, I, I think you're fine doing that kind of, uh, you know, great passing game, concentrated passing game. Don't worry about stacking there. All right. Next email is from the ego or it's Apple podcast. The ego formerly known as Joel 
14 team half PPR league. Uh, let's see. 14 rounds. Do I go running back, wide receiver, hero QB? This is not well, a never heard of that. Yeah, me either. Or, oh, I think he means like one of the top three quarterbacks. Is it super flex? No. Okay. I don't know. What what would you do in this 14-team league that's just two running backs, two receivers, and a flex? I think this is a good example of what we discussed before, the 16-team league question. You're, I'm more open to going with one of these top quarterbacks here because they mean more and also because you only have to fill a certain amount of uh, players at running back and receiver. So you, it, you know, there's more depth down, down the line there, and you could fill them out without having to fall into a range of players who won't be contributing on a weekly basis. Yeah, I think I had this revelation this realization that a lot of ADP is based on leagues that are just two running backs, two wide receivers and a flex. And that's why a lot of the tight end ADP is higher as a sort of separate, yes. but sort of related, but go ahead and get yourself a tight end uh, in, you know, maybe earlier than you would have when there's only two running backs, two receivers and a flex. This part I disagree with, but other than that, I, I agree. I, you know how I feel about tight end, Adam, if you're, if every year we're pushing guys up the draft board overall at that position, and in general, only the top guys are hitting, and those middle guys that we push up every year are almost always busts and bad value picks in the end. So I, I never get caught in that middle tier tight end. I've more or less settled on the, the the only top eight tight ends that I'm drafting are Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, and Waller. I, that's not to say that there are no scenarios where I draft Hawkinson, Goddard, or Kittle. But those four are the ones that I think have the most upside. I think that's a hundred percent true. Those four are the ones with the most upside. I don't think there's a debate. Um, if you want to go, hot, I mean, I'm sorry. There's a debate because when McCaffrey or Debo get hurt, then all of a sudden the outlook's going to look a lot better for Kittle. Assuming Kittle's healthy, he's battled yeah. a ton of injuries in his I, career. I am so sorry to cut you off, buddy. I I got a busy day today, and I have a yet I have another work call in seven minutes. So okay. I just want to get through the rest of this. I already I'm on that same work call. Yeah, right. We both are. So we have to There's be done. Seven a week. Yeah. <laughs> Apple Marvel joke says, um, good morning, Eddie, Dandy, Don, Craig, and Roger. Oh, Dandy, Don. This has got to be Move like on. Monday Night no Football. It. I don't know. Uh, no picking 10th in a 32-team guillotine league. Ooh. The four lowest scores are out weekly. Any tips, advice, or late-round players who can help me survive the first week? Uh, yeah, get quarterback ASAP. ASAP. In this league, quarterback is everything. You need points. You just need guaranteed points, and that's the position that gets the most points. I think Jamal Williams is interesting. He has the Titans, who always have one of the best run defenses in football in week one. But at least for the first three weeks, Jamal Williams can help you too. Here are some keeper questions from Apple Podcasts. This is from Logan. Um, I've learned so much and now I bake all my burgers as well. Oh, thank you. I'm keeping Garrett Wilson and Ramondre Stevenson. Would you keep Trevor Lawrence or Jahan Dotson for a 15th round pick? They're both 15th rounders. I would go with Lawrence. Same. This is from Chris in Hershey, Pennsylvania, 10 team half PPR league. Uh, you can keep two players at a draft value, two rounds higher than last year. Let's see. Um, who to keep as a second keeper? Olave in the ninth or ETN in the eleventh? Olave in the ninth for me. Oh, and I'm starting to come around a little ETN more. ETN. 
by the way, Adam. I am starting to come around a little more to ETN, but not not the extent of passing over Olave for him. This is from, and this one belongs to the Reds, 12-team, two-keeper league. Would you trade A.J. Brown for Devontae Smith in a keeper league? I would obviously need to know the settings of the keeper league, how long you keep these guys for, rounds, difference, blah, blah, blah. Assuming it's like he's asking the question because you can keep the guys for an extended period of time, I would make the trade, yes. And this is from John in Gardendale, Alabama. Dear, this is bothering me that I can't figure this out. Dear Andy, Bobby, Greg, and James. And then he says, that's a little 90s reference. Oh, yeah. Andy, Bobby, Greg, and James. We should know 90s stuff. Well, you especially. Yeah. I'm in a 12-team PPR league, three receivers, IDP, like yada, yada, yada. I can keep two for as long as I want. There's a one-round penalty imposed. I can keep Garrett Wilson as my 13th overall pick. Amonra St. Brown... No, I think that's his 13th pick, like 13th okay. round. Uh, I can keep Garrett Wilson in the 13th round, Amonra St. Brown in the fourth, Eckler in the second, Cooper Cup in the first. What are we talking about here? Garrett Wilson. And then one more. Oh, um, Amonra. Yeah. All right, I got a few minutes for YouTube. If anybody wants to uh, answer, ask some questions. Let's get an update <laughs> on that poll. Tom Schaefer is absolutely dropping terrific lines. Dan visits Florida and says, where's all the mountains? Damn right. I don't know. What else is there around Florida? Like Florida is just very overrated in a lot of ways. You go to Florida for beaches and golf. Okay, that's awesome. I can do that in a lot of other places, Thomas. I got beaches, the Jersey Shore, 40 minutes away. Golf all throughout New Jersey is beautiful. You've never been to the Florida beaches if you're bragging about the Jersey Shore. It's very true. Yeah, it's very true. I've been to Next some- time you're here, go to Waterdale by the sea and tell me that Florida sucks. They have I great Florida beaches. sucks, by the way. I just said the West is better. I never said Florida sucks. I like Florida to some extent. Yeah, but, but you, you you said you said Florida doesn't have mountains, so like right. Yeah, I like the mountain there. air. I like the mountains out west. Like, <laughs> what do I get in Florida? Flat, a lot of driving. Just like chain restaurants littered throughout the country. <laughs> The, the way it's, maybe you're visiting the wrong part like i've been in like fort lauderdale west palm you, you go you fly into florida and you're going to papa john's is that what you're doing <laughs> no, like not papa john's it's like raising canes you know all the good ones but it's like where every time i'm there with my friend it's like we're trying to find food at night and it's always Just a call chain. me bro call thomas we'll tell you where to go your friend your friend is is dreadful like he never gets out of the house he doesn't know any restaurants in florida i haven't I lived there in 10 well. years and i could tell him where the restaurants are come on now All right, right, so we don't have any questions in the chat. Good. People are talking about drugs. That's weird. (laughs) Uh, Quick update on the poll. Who's the better athlete, Adam? Okay, you win, and you won the student. This poll means nothing because you won the hair poll even before this was up. Who has better hair? Dan won 56 to 43. Two obvious questions. You get obvious answers. Dan's hair is fine. Like, there's nothing to it. Right. It's not great or anything. It's the We're same just, again, every like, single day. I'm not a good athlete, Adam. I'm five foot eight, Jewish kid from the suburbs. I'm not a good athlete, but you are a worse athlete. And I don't have great hair, but you have worse Do you hair. agree with this comment? Adam is balding? Um, I actually, people usually talk about my receding hairline, so I'm happy I got a fuller head on this point. Um, this oh, there we better, go. That was good to hear. Dan has a better hairline. Adam is balding. Do you agree with that? I don't think you're balding, Adam. I think you're fine. I just think like your hair is always like, 
it's hard to explain. Like, <laughs> I don't want to use a word that might be offensive to some. Um, but listen, listen, I am not balling, and I don't have to be defensive about this. I promise you, this is the one thing I have going for me <laughs> is I have a good head of hair. Getting pretty gray though, and I don't quite know what to do about it. You'd grow out the beard because it looks like every time you have this like five o'clock shadow, it looks like you grow out one of those like awesome looking beards. I can't. One thing I've always struggled with: mine doesn't connect where I need it to. Yours looks like it would come in full, but then you just never let it go. All right, we gotta go. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday with preseason week two reaction. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!